Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello there. Hi. We have returned from the land of sick. Pretty much. I'm still there. I'm still a little bit there, but yeah. Definitely a lot better than I was last week. So thank you for joining us. And Mm -hmm. we are now ending our one week off. And we are catching up. So this is the main show for the episodes entitled Birth and the Bear King. Mm -hmm. So we will try to segment them out, but more than likely it's... We'll, we'll do our best, I but it'll be easier some... to segment them out. We didn't think it was going to be earlier there's... before the episodes aired, but now that we, you know, having seen them be completely unrelated episodes, well, you know what I mean? We have some great emails, mm-hmm. we have some voicemails, and we have an announcement about our official travel agent. So we want to let you know that this is podcast episode number 306. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 306. So for all of our U.S. listeners, we mm-hmm. hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. And you gave thanks and you lasted with a meal with your family or friends around the table that maybe you haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be stressful. Sometimes it can be a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was, it's, it's over. And <laughs> we we now are moving towards the Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And so we also just quickly want to say that we, if you're doing any Amazon shopping, I'm, I'm late again uh, announcing this. Please use our onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. And within that, there is a link to use Amazon. You can mm-hmm. use our Amazon affiliate link. We get a small percentage. You get whatever you want. And I know a lot of people are doing their Christmas shopping on Amazon. I mm-hmm. know that we'll be doing some as well. So uh, let's go ahead and we're going to jump in and talk about some news. <clears throat> There's really only one big news item that okay. I really kind of want to talk about is the episode entitled Broken Heart will be uh, playing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Airing tomorrow. Airing mm-hmm. tomorrow, November yeah. 29th. Mm-hmm. And then the week after will be the episode entitled Swan Song, which mm-hmm. will be on December 6th. And then after that, that's it. We have our three-month hiatus. And then uh, Once Upon a Time will return on March 6th. With Souls of the Departed, which is the huge 100th episode mm. that they've been talking about. And we'll have returns from all kinds of different characters. Fantastic. So that's That'll be something great. definitely mm-hmm. to look forward to. Yeah. And <clears throat> did you kind of want to talk about the views that we had when we rewatched Birth and the Bear King? Um, I didn't pick up anything really new. Well, I, I take the back. There were definite clues in um, birth, right? Where Emma talked about keeping something alive. 
when she was referring to the sword. Yes. And it was, we didn't know it at the time, but that was Killian, keeping Killian alive. That was why she needed it. Well, the one thing I'll say about birth is it had uh, the, what's that M. Night Shyamalan movie? Uh, the, the the good one. Oh, the sixth sense. It had a the birth reminded me of the sixth synth sense in that when you watch it a second time, mm-hmm. you see all those things. Ah, the clues ooh, that yeah, lead up to ooh, yeah, that should have been huge clues. Right, first time around, yeah. So because when yeah. you get to the end, you see the twist, and then when you watch it again, you go, "Well, we should have known." And there's a toy. So mm, happy dog, not so happy podcast recording but we will move forward and there you go so there's a little reality tv or reality podcasting for you okay so but that's really what i took away from it's kind of like what you're mentioning there were little clues throughout all the way through it little things that she was saying little things she was doing and little things that should have been a huge hint and even stuff from previous episodes that should have been a big clue for us and we missed it you know, at the end there. So it was well done, well crafted. And it was kind of like, and I've been mentioning this before, it was kind of like a rocky battle when Emma had all these people giving their advice about tar- darkness and making the wrong choice and making the wrong decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right before her facing the biggest fight or the biggest decision of her life, mm-hmm. what to do when you really want to use that dark magic mm-hmm. one more time. Because yeah. that's what she kept saying. She told Henry, I'm not going to give it up yet. I want to use it for one more thing. Right. And there's always one more thing. Right. And so a, a lot of things really fell into place. I actually enjoyed birth a lot better the second time through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and... We know where the, the the Charming and Snow and Regina and Robin all went from the room of the... Um, Arthur's Round Table. Arthur's Round Table. Yeah. So w- they went to the tree area where they right. were you know, chained up to the trees. Right. So they didn't go to Storybrooke. No. Right. And... Then we see the, the only little question I have is what did Arthur use to cut those ribbons, uh, the darkness ribbons that look like the Excalibur or the dark one dagger, the little design, whatever. I don't know how he cut those from Zelina uh, to uh, get her out. That's a good question. I don't know if he had, um, you know, another little dagger of sorts. It seemed like he did. Yeah, everybody all, had all kind of daggers. Zelina did. Well, he has, and, and he has Excalibur, but he also has another sword, too. Oh, sure, sure. Because the other sword is a battle sword, whereas Excalibur is a control sword. So. Yes. I really did. <clears throat> I loved Whale the first time I saw him. I loved that scene so much, but I loved it. Again, mm-hmm. even more because it was such a dark episode. There's a lot yeah. of things going on that you you knew that in this case the savior, the heroine, the the, the person, the, the female who is going to do this final battle. She was getting all prepared. Everybody was giving her advice and trying to protect her. And then we have this funny moment in the middle. And uh, 
and it was just it was just hilarious. It it you know it was one of those things where the writers when they brought in David Anders. Is it, well, what are we going to do about the hair? Ah, leave your hair the way it is, I, I zombie. Mm-hmm. Or write in some lines. Yep. And it was just, it was really hysterical. It was so funny. Yeah, they could have put so. him in a wig and nobody would have been the wiser, but I thought it was really, really funny the way they did it. I also thought it was hilarious that one of the first things he said to Zelina was, last time you were here, I ended up... You know, up against the wall and hope it doesn't happen again. Right. And then Emma walks in and throws him up against the wall first thing, right off, right out of the gate. I rec- I remember, uh, I saw that this time around that I didn't, I mean, pick up on last time, but I thought it was funny. The other thing that I picked up on too was um, when Emma decided to basically bring Killian back from the dead yeah. in the memory, that's when she went full evil dark one she wasn't up to that point she was still very light and she still had her beautiful blonde hair and she still had everything you know flowy she was wearing the white gown the minute she brought him back to life and tethered him to the to the sword that's when she went full dark yeah i uh i really enjoyed the Exchange, and I already mentioned this uh, regina's conversation with emma was great Mm -hmm. hooks was great and i think there were little things along the way that were really fantastic and it really led up to that final the the final moment where she had to make a decision what will she do and you know what's really what's fascinating is he died yeah hook died. he totally did and so she knew the only way to bring him back was to make him another dark one. Exactly. And of course there was a warning that Merlin said, said, look, okay, if you do this, it, it's going to have to the steepest price you can yeah. pay yeah. to resolve it. If you want to get rid of the darkness and you know, who knows what that'll be. Is that Henry? I don't know what that will be. Yeah. So that'll be a difficult one. So, and the underworld was mentioned specifically right. in the Bear King, the next episode. Mm-hmm. So it's no. I've been reading a lot of little things here and there that that's kind of where it's going. The casting notices and all that, but sure. now I think we can talk about it because it is part of the canon mention now. Right. That? So right. obviously now we're talking about the underworld, Hades, and and that kind sure. of a thing. So if if we're going to be talking about a payment. Now we get Hades involved. I don't even know what It'll to think be about real that now. Interesting to see where they go with this. Very interesting. But I just, I love the idea that Hook was preparing a nest for his love. Mm-hmm. He picked out the home for her, right? And he he was talking to Henry, making these plans. And isn't that kind of a romantic thing for a Barry. woman? He's making plans with me involved, the future, right? Yeah. The plans for to the future. For life. Yes. And I think. A shared life. Yeah. And uh, with her son involved. At, I mean. And you know that the conversation between them would have been, I want to make plans with your mom, but I want you to be okay with it. Right. And I'm pretty sure Henry is okay with it because, you know, she, he knows it'll make her happy. And he knows it's her happy ending as well as hooks. So, I mean, dude, yeah. That was a very, very sweet 
uh, romantic gesture. There, there was a lot of, it was a very dark episode, but I think there were some romantic. Well, there's tons of bright moments. Ties through that. And even though you didn't understand, and it was a very, like I said, a sixth sense type of an idea in that every time he asked her, what are you holding from me? What are you, what are you holding back? And she said, mm-hmm. well, not yet. Almost. I, I right. can't tell you yet, right. but I will. And, but yeah, the jumping from the, the roof and all the little things, it was fun to watch it again to see, see it with different eyes, see yeah. it through a different lens and, and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because I think honestly, she didn't want to tell him because she wanted to figure out a way to fix it so he wouldn't have to know. Because mm-hmm. I think she knew. I mean, she flat out said, you wouldn't be happy with this. You're not going to be okay with I know you think you're going to be okay with this. You're not going to be okay with this. And she was right. He wasn't okay with it. Yeah. And I, I think what I... When I was looking at it from one vantage point, I was looking at it from Hook should be happy that they're together. But he He's was not happy about the way they went. She went about it. Right. She didn't. She didn't do it because he agreed to it. She basically chose for him. It's kind of the same thing of what Belle was feeling when her dad and everyone else was like, "Well, you're gonna marry, you know, what's his name?" And right. she's like, "Hey, wait a second. Well, I'm gonna go with, you know, you can't go with with Rumple." you don't make my choices for me. I make my choices. And I think that's the same principle going on here is that hooks really upset with Emma because she didn't give him the opportunity to, to, to make the decision. Well, he said goodbye. He did. Yeah. And she went against his wishes. Now, now captain Swan fans and hook fans, just, 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 just relax. I'm going to say something here. It reminded me of a movie and I'm going to say this as gingerly as possible. It almost seemed like Emma made a selfish decision. She did. To bring him back. Look, I love okay. Emma. I love Hook together. But that was an incredibly selfish decision. She did it specifically for herself. She's like, that's not good enough for me. That's not enough for me. Because he was like, look, our future is this. This is what we have right now. Just these moments. I have to go. It's unfortunate, but I got to go. Right. And, and and he was ready to go because he wanted her to be happy. He knew that if she did it, she wasn't going to get rid of the darkness. Right. And I'm looking at it from a purely script and storyline. I'm just looking at it like that. So I, I know pe- right, some right. people are going to be upset and like, what? You don't like him? No, I'm not saying I don't like anything. I'm just saying that that act to me, he was dead. He was yeah. gone. Yeah. And, and he she, made peace with it. Right. And she said, no, no, I, that's not what I want. And she made the decision for him. No, She overrode there, his decision. There's nothing wrong with love, and there's nothing no. wrong with... No, with, look, so. would it have been sad to have Hook gone permanently? Absolutely it would have been. That would have been traumatic. It would have been horrible. But by the same token, it's like, okay, but you know what? These things happen. Now, it breaks... In real life, you don't get that opportunity. Now... It breaks another rule, though, that they said, dead is dead. And then they'll go, oh, whoa, whoa, not with the dark ones involved or a dark one. Uh, Hey, but still, what movie did that remind you of? Kind of in the the steps that kind of we're talking about. 
someone dying and you somehow bringing them back and not the same way that they left. Well, remind me of Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. That's exactly what I was thinking about today is that you can bring them back, but they're not exactly the way they were. Right. And that's really what we have. Right. And I, I'm for sure, I think Adam and Eddie, if you're listening, hi, I'm pretty sure they kind of took that edge with it. Maybe. She can have them back, but he's not going to be exactly the same. Well, and, we can already see that happening. Right. But we already saw the, that happening before the end of the episode. He's yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And that's, and that's what I'm saying is right. the, the selfish decision and how she went about it is not going to end up the way that she wanted or probably. Yeah, and and what's wanted, interesting so. to me is that in all honesty, he said, I will love you no matter what. And she's like, are you sure? No matter how horrible it is. He goes, no matter what. And I will still love you. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's pissed at her and he doesn't, he's not happy with her right now. I get that he's not happy with her, but it seems like he's almost like, I don't love you anymore. And I don't like that part because that's like, wait a second. You just said not 10 minutes ago that no matter what you would still love her. And hopefully he means that. Hopefully he'll get past this. Hopefully he's just unhappy with the whole decision. But at the same time, it's kind of that whole thing of he'll hopefully get over that. Because the two of them together, even though it's the dark one, if they can vanquish the darkness and bring the light into it, unstoppable. It'd be awesome. But in a good way. Yeah. It, and it's very it's, – it's still a little kind of strange that they're both dark ones and, and all sure. that. But I think it is interesting that – from, Merlin from was the temporarily initial, dark one. Right. I, I think it's interesting from the idea that these are storybook characters, mm-hmm. which are usually written pretty much, if we're talking about a children's fairy tale, they're written one way or the other. They're evil or they're good. They're either yeah. really perfectly good or really perfectly bad. Right. But for the, now we see someone who, or two people, who have darkness in them and their their life for the foreseeable future is going to be battling that to keep that down. Mm-hmm. And we already know, we've had glimpses of this for a long time. The, the, the switcheroo episode when the good people were bad and the bad were good right. and all that. We've seen a glimpse of that. Yeah. And then we've heard Hook over and over mentioned that he was afraid of the darkness because he, and so he's fought it too hard so many times in the past and he knows how hard it is to fight it. He doesn't want to fight it anymore. I don't blame him. So, so that's going to be interesting to see how that all (coughs) works out. And the, the question still remains, what is, how does Arthur figure in with the future? Where's Merlin? Um, well, so. we don't know where Merlin is. That's going to be right. the interesting part. Mm-hmm. So, did he did he find a way to be with Nimue? Is Nimue still? You know, I mean, no, so these are all these Emma. questions. She's still in Emma's head. Okay, but I'm just oh. there's a lot of questions. So yeah, there, there's there definitely are. more yeah. stories uh, to be told. So we want to go on and talk about the Bear King now, or let's let's probably do that. 
Let's get our views out of the way, and then we'll jump okay. into. I, I don't really have a whole lot of views on the Bear King. Okay, I mean it was a, it was an, it was better this time around. There were still some confusing parts at the beginning with the whole two years earlier, two years later baloney. I got, I'm I like, dude, play this. seriously. Okay, so first of all, that drove me nuts. First of all, uh, big love and uh, uh, big ups to Brad because he 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 has fun with uh with audio stuff and he created this little thing for you when you had your little uh when you went off on uh well anyway i'll I'll play it it's pretty fun so <laughs> thanks, Brad. So, yeah, I mean, you could awesome. be a rap star, really. Because seriously. Yeah, two I, years from I, what? Two years from what? It was it was so confusing. And I, and even the second time around, I had to kind of go back and go, seriously, can they just have said present time two years ago, present time two years ago? That's really what we were dealing with. Instead of two years earlier, two years later, that was a really big, bad mistake on their part as far as I'm concerned. That just jacked everything up, and I wanted to, like, smack somebody over the head and go, ridiculous. Now, I the second time I watched The, the Bear King, I felt like it was... <sighs> There was one of the Lord of the Rings films that it felt like it was a 30-minute story stretched to two hours. And that's kind of the way I felt with this episode. Oh, okay. Is it was this short little thing. So there's a magical helm that if you wear it, you will be victorious over your... your And, and others will it, fight for n- you. N- yeah, wasn't, but, it but, didn't guarantee victory. I'm telling it you. It did not guarantee uh, victory. I, okay. But, but the term MacGuffin... I think is the tip of the hat. It's yes, it is a real last name of folks in Scotland. Yes, but I think it's a tip of the hat to Hitchcock. Might have been in that the 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 magical helm wasn't magical at all. It was like Excalibur in season three or three, I think, when when snow pulled that quote unquote Excalibur out of the stone yeah, three or to four give her the, the courage to rule her land mm-hmm. when charming took her out there. Right. And so these MacGuffins are like, I'm going to give you something that's going to make you powerful. And it's nothing at all. It's like a, a what is it? A placebo. It's it, yeah. in, you think it's doing something, but it's actually not. It's you doing it all. Right. So, right. Th- and that's what I felt this whole episode was all about. And then, but we did find a way to kind of work in by having the witch from Brave. Then you could have Ruby be there somehow, you know, magically there. Then you brought in Mulan, who, you know, we don't know where she has been to train Merida. So so you brought in all these side characters and then you kind of wove them into this story that, you know. um, It's very similar to me for the doctor back in season two. It's very similar to me about the dragon back in season two. You know, it's these, it's these 
it's a plot device to get the story moving along, but it's a filler episode. Right. Not right. my favorite. And I love Merida. I captivated by Amy Manson. I think she's no, fantastic. No, she is fantastic. And I'll tell you what, the one thing besides looking at Megan Ori and and uh, and Mulan, yeah. Jamie Chung. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I really did... The, the thing that captivated me was Amy Manson's performance. I thought she oh, yeah. was fantastic. Not to say that no one else in the episode acted well. I think her father did a great job. Oh, yeah. Well, I think but everybody the, was very well cast. It's just for – she's very um, charismatic on screen. Yeah. Watching her right. is really quite – you know, you just want to keep watching. What is she going to do next? What's she going to say next? She had some very great lines and she had some – I mean, she's got a great accent. I mean, I'm a sucker for accents. And she she delivered lines, you know, perfectly. And her sobbing at the end after she's – when she's hugging her dad, the ghost of her dad, I mean, I that still got me again. Yeah. You know? So – The magical yeah. ale that brings back people <laughs> from the, the underworld. Yeah. Was the silliest thing I think I've ever heard of. Unless you go with, if you drink this ale, you'll see things. Well. Okay. Well. That was silly. I, I, I have to tell it you. On the, yeah, sprinkling it on the, on the tombstone was pretty darn, pretty darn funny. But again, how do we know that wasn't a MacGuffin? Well, and she has the ability to see him all the, all this time anyway. Okay. You know what I'm I'll, saying? I'll go with that. But I mean, on the other hand, but, too, too bad that the witch who... Have you ever seen Poltergeist, the yeah. original movie? Yeah, yeah. Not the yeah. dumb remake? No, yeah. The thing that most people remember is the little... Uh, Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. That's yeah. what most people, you know, yeah. uh, come over, stay away from the light and all that. And that's who the witch kind of reminds yeah, me of. a little bit, yeah. Is she was funny. Oh, she was the, hilarious. The way she was written in, mm-hmm. it was fantastic because yeah. she knew all this stuff and she was just kind of playing off everybody. Yeah. That was really great. And then at the end, you know, she's like, well, I'd like to go to a coronation. You know, it's just Amy Manson was incredible watching her act. But the, the witch lady, mm-hmm. I think, was the second most incredible thing about the episode. Yeah, she was pretty funny. Yeah, and nothing against anything else. Look, no, no, no. I love, I love blooming romances and people helping others find their own path, and 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 that's great. But it's just it wasn't a great episode, in my opinion. It was just so. a literally a uh, side. <clears throat> it was a side path to yeah. go around what we think might be a dip in the road. The only thing it did, and I mentioned it before, and I, I hate to repeat myself, but it's like we figured out where Arthur and Zelina went. Sure. When they disappeared from the, all the trees with the chained up right. heroes right. and stuff. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and, pretty and much. So I just... Anyway, we also found so. out that Arthur's one who killed her father, so that actually does yeah. kind of put yet again another... Uh, I don't want to say spin, but it puts another reason for Arthur, for Merida to continue on in the show. Because there's literally no other reason, right? She's back home. She's been crowned queen. Now what? Well, she's got to get revenge on her father's death. Right. So she's coming after Arthur. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the thing. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays itself out. Yeah. So... Anyway, not not my favorite. No, but there, I was definitely better so. with it this time around. But at the same time, it was kind of like, I mean, I know why we had to watch it. It was just kind of like I said, it was very oddly placed. And 
and when we talked about this in first thoughts, it was more that the way they made it seem was that it was a continuation. It really wasn't. I mean, there was a little bit, but it really wasn't like a continuation of the, of the first story. It was a secondary explanation of what happened to people in the first story. And that's the only thread. So anyway, one little thing and, and, and then we'll move on is that she did have her cloak. Uh, Ruby did. that yeah. would keep her from wolfing out. Right. As she calls it. Right. And, so she couldn't use that cloak to kind of protect her against the. <coughs> anyway, so just my guess lots is the witch took it from her. Okay, all right. Come so, on. So that's that's that. There were a lot of things. So now let's let's get happy, yeah. happier, yeah, and yeah. we're going to jump into our fantastic emails. So I will start this time, and then I will trade off okay. with my lovely wife, Colleen. Yes. Yeah. This email is from Gabe, and Gabe says, Well, I'm sad. As the rock trolls say, people make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed. I'm truly amazed at these writers and their ability to surprise this somewhat jaded viewer. Watching 11 seasons of Supernatural can do that. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. 11 11 seasons, that's a whole lot. Wow. I'll continue. Uh, My first thoughts on this episode are basically, dude, oh my God, what? And awesome. I can't believe you guys got the podcast up so quickly. I hope they didn't kill off Merlin. We just got him. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we've done these two hours things before, and we've got it up fairly quickly, but it's not not easy. Anyway, I want him to continue on the show, Merlin. Anyways, look forward to listening to your uh, first thoughts and later analysis. It was interesting how the Dark One and Merlin, I'll call him the Light One, can accomplish so much together. Makes me think of how often times in life we have to work for and listen to people we either really don't see eye to eye with or just don't like. That is true. Mm-hmm. That's Life is full of that. Oh, kind of very much so. This episode is also a testament to letting go of those you love and learning to live with loss, especially when those other, when the other only wants the best for you. It's a little bit similar to what I would imagine parenting to be. As a parent, you want only the best for your children. And the worst thing a child can do is sacrifice his or her own life for their parents. That's not how it's supposed to be. Uh, any parent would give their lives for their children's happiness. Charming's mother, for example, is one of the most beautiful moments in the series. And that's very, very true. Yeah. That was a great moment, too. Yeah, yeah, it was. She wanted to see them wed and then... Have babies, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry this went on so long, and I hope it's not too hard to read. Ciao, y'all. Gabalicious from Nashville. That's a great town I've never been to, but a lot of... A lot of cool things mm-hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh yeah, no, and that was that was great. So great points, really great points. You're right. I mean, it is one of those things. It's difficult. Uh, we don't have children, but you know, I know having conversations with my mom. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't sacrifice yourself for me. It's the other way around. Yeah. So, well, and, and also I think that's he was talking about the working with somebody that you don't see eye to eye with. I think that mm-hmm. really makes a great drama is that we're all not all that and we need somebody else. And sometimes what we need is somebody that's different than us. Yeah. Yeah. So I will hand it off to Miss Colleen. All right. This is from Nicola 
Hi, Jeff and Colleen. Firstly, I want—I just want to thank you both for your twice weekly podcasts. I only started really listening to them recently and really enjoy them. They help make the working day go a lot faster. This is also the first time I've emailed you guys, though I have tweeted, retweeted you a few times under the handle, almost an angel. Mm -hmm. So please forgive me if I ramble on a bit. Oh, no, we're extremely excited and thrilled that you oh, yeah. discovered us and that you're listening and that you enjoy it and that you're running into us. So <laughs> no complaints here. <laughs> Thank you much. Um, okay. Well, what can I say about this episode? I really enjoyed watching it, even if it was before I left for work, so had to ensure my emotions remain in check to avoid any awkwardness walking into the office. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I think we all knew that everything Emma was doing was for Killian Hook, but the way in which it was confirmed was amazing. I also had a feeling that the dream catcher that Emma was seen clutching and crying over a couple weeks ago was actually Killian's, mm -hmm. and that by having Regina and Killian finding Henry's was a red herring. Good point, and would not surprise me in the least. Yeah. Colleen was right in first thoughts. Wow, I love saying that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Emma stabbing Excalibur in the ground froze Snow charming Regina at all, so they couldn't go into the house to stop her from killing Zelina. Mm. That's exactly what it did. Uh, I'm not going to go in too much into the episode. Just really want to focus on the twist, big reveal of Emma turning Killian into a dark one. I completely understand Emma's decision to save his life, no matter what. And some of what she reminded said reminded me of the following scene from Rocky Road. Okay, so here and that was season four, episode three. Okay, so this is. Killian and Emma having a conversation. Swan, don't make a man drink alone. She says, not in the mood for a drink or a man. He said, sorry, I didn't listen to you today. Right. I know you feel like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, but at some point, even though we're quite different, you've got to trust me. And she says, that's what you think this is about, that I don't trust you. And he says, is that not what it's about? And then she says, of course I trust you. And he says, then why do you keep pulling away from me? Emma said, because everyone I've ever been with is dead. Neil, Graham, even Walsh. I lost everyone. I can't lose you, too. And he said to her, my love, you don't have to worry about me. There's one thing I'm good at, surviving. That was the um, in the middle of the street, the kiss mm -hmm. after yeah. that whole thing. So, yeah, I can see, uh, to continue with Nicola's uh, email, I can see Emma's reasoning behind her actions. She's only just really fully accepting how she feels towards him and being very open about it only to have him cruelly taken away. And her justification to the group was right too. They all would have done anything and everything they could. And in some cases they have done all they would to save their loved one. Yes, there may well have been another way to save killing without him becoming a dark one. And yes, she was selfish in her actions, but in Emma's mind after losing every man she loved or had romantic feelings for, and to be honest, she really didn't, fight as hard for their lives as she had for Killian's. She was not going to lose the man she loves with her whole being. I did wonder, though, why she had to tether his life to Excalibur. Why could they not have taken his heart out and put him in a coma similar to the one Gold was in to buy them time to work out a way of saving him? Just a thought, but there's probably a logical explanation. Plus, it wouldn't have had as dramatic impact as this twist. That's a great point. It's a really great point. I mean, yeah, why not put him in a coma? Or was it that he slipped away? I don't know. Maybe he slipped away too quickly for her to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, I did not see this twist coming, though. So kudos to everyone who works on the show for managing to keep that twist under wraps. I'm looking forward to seeing where they take this story arc and how it will all play out. Most of all, I'm hoping that Captain Swan managed to fight this together. Anyway, that is all I have to say. Thank you again for the podcast. I do enjoy listening and find myself wishing I could join in your conversations. Big love to you and all the OUAT listeners out there. Nicola. Thank, well, thank you, you very, very much. much. That's fantastic. Yeah, those are good points. That <clears throat> yeah. The, 
I mean, Emma, yeah. Emma, Emma yeah. didn't think rationally. Of course, she was in the midst of, you know, an immeasurable grief at that point, watching the man she loves with every fiber of her being slipping away from her to the point where she knew the only way to save him was literally to tether him. So, yep. All right. I will take the next one. This is from Amber and Amber writes, hello, lady. Colleen and Jeff, sorry guys, ladies first. <laughs> Wink. My name is Amber, and this is the my first time writing to you. I first want to congratulate you, ah, congratulate you on 300 episodes. I hope for another 300. I found your podcast back at the beginning of Once Upon a Time season two, but for whatever reason, never listened to my downloaded episodes until the end of season four. When I had no interest for yours and other podcasts. You mean internet? Oh, internet. Sorry. All right. Uh, okay, so she, she didn't have any internet. I quickly narrowed down the podcast I was listening to to just listening to yours. During the summer hiatus, I made it through the long months of waiting for season five by catching up with your past episodes. I love your comments, insights, theories, and research you add to make your stand out from the, mul the multiples of Once Upon a Time fan podcasts. I'm a huge fan of many of the same as you, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, Back to the Future, and most of the hidden Easter eggs scattered throughout the show. Like you, I came into Once Upon a Time on the Lost Ship. Oh, it's a, that was a full ship. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's a big ship, too. Massive. And was hooked before the first episode aired. <coughs> All I knew about the show was Adam and Eddie from Lost, writers, producing a fairy tale show with Jennifer Goodwin, who is absolutely lovable, blank Snow White. That was all I needed to know. With the when the show premiered, I quickly fell in love with the other characters and character other actors and characters on the show. I love the character development and flashbacks and constant anticipation for what's going on or what's going to happen next. When the season five premiere was on the horizon, I found myself with no television and extremely limited amount of internet access. I know, ack, and was going crazy with the thought of missing my favorite show. I finally made the decision that I was going to download and listen to your podcast without having watched the show first. <gasps> Gasp. Yes, I'm foregoing some of the spoilers because not knowing anything was more torturous than losing the fresh eyes I would have without first listening to your reviews and insights. Honestly, I'm still keeping some of the mystery. I only have your podcast through number 300 and don't plan on downloading anymore until I can catch up with the once upon a time episodes. And I'm really looking forward to joining the conversations. Once I have my home internet up and running. Anyway, congratulations to you again, and big love to you and all the other oncers. Talk to you again soon, and when I have a chance to catch up, Amber Moon. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Amber. And I think there are all kinds of different stories like that. Like she had time when a mm -hmm. time in her life when she didn't have internet access, and so it, it's really interesting when people kind of start listening and then for whatever there's some kind of a break and then mm -hmm. they come so it's just it's really fascinating because we is. don't know what's going to happen with what we do we, we record and kind of we don't know yeah. who's listening how they're listening where they're listening so no. but how great that we can still keep her with some of the mystery 
Yeah. Even though we talk about the episodes and we might, you know, reveal some things that happen, even though she hasn't necessarily seen it, it'll be kind of fun for her to go back and take a listen and or watch the episodes and go, oh, that's what they're talking about. So that's kind of, that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. So thank you very much for the email <clears throat> and for listening. We really appreciate that. All right. So this is from Kathy. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Please disregard my earlier email. I'd only not only left out a couple of points, but there were also some typos. <clears throat> Apparently, there was an earlier email. Yep. I also was expecting two back-to-back episodes that tied together. The second hour, while entertaining, entertaining left me hanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did enjoy how they brought Mulan back into the fold, and seeing Ruby is always a wonderful thing. Yes. I hope they both stay for at least a while. Mm-hmm. Longer would be better. And Jeff agrees with you 100%. Yes. <laughs> uh, my initial thoughts watching Birth. OMG, 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 and no. Mm-hmm. What a great episode. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was, I was going through that same basic premise here. Questions I now have. If becoming a dark one is thrust upon you and not chosen, how does it manifest itself? Killing had no idea he was a dark one. Dark ones don't sleep. Has Killing not been sleeping? Does he have magic and not know it? I would have Great to say, questions. yeah, I bet you he does have magic and he doesn't know it and he doesn't know how to use it because he's never learned any magic spells. Emma knew magic before she became the dark one, so it wasn't a difficult thing for her to have to just pick it up. I'll take you to a comment that in a conversation that Zelina was having mm-hmm. with Hook. Hook mm-hmm. said, I don't have magic to get that cuff off, but I have a magical hook I'm that an was enchanted. enchanted yeah. And I can get that off with the hook. And you said when we were watching it a second time, I bet you he could have just snapped that thing off, just in, sure. waved his hand and it would have yeah. disappeared. So yeah. he didn't yeah. know. He didn't know. He didn't know he had that mm-hmm. ability. Yep. Uh, let me continue. Two dark ones or two sort of dark ones? How is this going to be resolved? That is a very good question. Are they going to do battle against each other? Will the two darknesses in them cancel each other out? Because they're now tethered together on the sword. Do we have to break the sword apart in order for it to break the darkness? It's going to be a wow. real interesting yeah. interesting end of the season. I, I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, and Emma's transformation by embracing the dark when she saved Killing finally explains why she looks now as she does. How dark is she really, though? She said her plan was to destroy the darkness, so she can't be all bad. But would she really kill Zelina? I think she would to justify the means. Remember, she's still angry at Zelina for having killed Neil. Because Zelina yeah. killed Neil. But Zelina killed Neil. Technically, not really, because it was actually Tamara who did. But anyway, actually, it wasn't Tamara. Tamara shot him. They thought she killed him. But anyway... Bottom line is, Zelina's done some pretty bad stuff. But then why is she focusing on Zelina and not on Regina? Regina's done some bad stuff, too. It's because Zelina did kill Neil. There's still unresolved feelings about Neil. And I I understand where Kathy's coming from with the questions. And I think that even Emma said that she wouldn't kill Zelina, when she still was pregnant, right, right. she waited. She goes, I have basically, I have lines of conduct. I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. She has an ethical code that sort of is there, but then, you know, hey, if it suits her purposes, 
if it means that she gets rid of the darkness out of both herself and killing, which is what she said she wanted to do, and put it into Zelina, then yeah, she doesn't care what she does to Zelina. Now, and in a sense, she's also doing it, I think, on some level to avenge Regina because Zelina is, you know, she's been horrible. I think she mentioned that too. And, and even Regina said, no one, no, basically, no one's going to harm my sister but me. Right, right. You know, so, right. but she didn't do it. And <coughs> what's interesting is, I think Kathy's really alluding to the right premises that. Once Upon a Time isn't necessarily about destroying villains. Mm-mm. It's about villains getting another chance to be better. Right. All the, well, I, I can't think of all of them, but most of the ones that have died yeah. have been good. Graham, Neil. Well, but we have so. Peter Pan, Rumpel. Okay. Right? All right. All right. So, I mean... <clears throat> Rumble came back. You're right. Peter Pan has Peter Pan. Yeah, that was that was the one where it did kind of follow that whole. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the bad guy. Right. They need to be uh, destroyed. Cruella. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. It's a it's a mixed bag. There's no. It's nothing is cut and dried. Nothing is black yeah. and white. No pun intended. All right. Let me finish <laughs> the email here. How will the others react now towards? Um. Wait. I skipped a paragraph. Sorry. How long will Regina, Snow, and David stay frozen outside Emma's house? Will Regina be able to step in and either stop Zelina from doing something terrible or help Emma and Killian in some way? Hmm. And how will the others now react towards Killian? Uh, What's going to happen when they all find out? What's really fascinating is, is Killian already looks dark. Oh, absolutely. And so there's going to be no kind of announcement I mean, I no, no, no. Let me, let me say it. that again. There's not going to be a total transformation no, no, look no, right, right. that they'll say, oh. No, no, no. So. He's already got that dark look. But right. he, and I even mentioned it because his hair. I love Colin O'Donoghue. As his, much as I'll let her, yes. Right. Absolutely adore him. Think he's beautiful. I don't care for his longer hair. And okay. that, I think, is a good big fat clue that he is a dark one. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Because anyway, all right. Uh, continuing. Where's Lancelot? Seems he was locked up in Camelot. Was he brought to Storybrooke as well? Good question. What's happened to Merlin? When he was tethered to the sword, did some dark enter him? He doesn't seem dark. Black tendrils certainly were pulled out of him by Emma, yes, and I believe right. that he did have darkness in him at that point in time because he was tethered to the sword. Yeah. All right. Random thoughts. Killing seems pretty angry, so I'm wondering what he means by taking care of her. Emma first. His last few words were chilling. I hope he's trying to still help her while throwing Zelina off his plan. And yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, a smoldering, smoldering Killian is pretty hot. Yes, he is. No question. Regina's red velvet gown is abs- absolutely gorgeous. And I loved her line. No one hurts my sister except me. Right. I noticed that yeah. too. And I mm-hmm. loved the cloak that she wore over the gown with the brooch on the corner yeah. shoulder. That was really, I was noticing that especially today and her hair. It just, she looked fabulous. Well, she always cloak, does, but pre cloak was pretty great. Cause well, you know, the plunging neckline and yeah, all that. And yeah. the, there was, there was a nice little kind of, pose that she had right in front of the doorway a few episodes ago when she and Robin were 
talking or something. That was just great. But yeah, all of a sudden now she's got this this cape and the yeah. brooch and all that. So I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, continuing. I love Zelina. She is so unabashedly evil. I was convinced she would renege on her deal with Killian. I agree. I thought so. F- yeah. For sure. Just about. Yeah. Uh-huh. But she... She's a lot of fun. She's up there with Dr. Whale fun. Yeah. It's always yeah. fun to listen to her talk. And uh, she has nice legs, too. So there you go. Well, there's that. There you go. I thought the dwarves were going to have more of a role in this story, and I'm disappointed that hasn't happened. They're 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 interspersed they're here there, and there. But yeah, not nearly in the forefront like they, you know, sometimes are. And so. this time we saw them in a flashback. Yep. Which yep. was just excised exactly from that old episode. Oh, absolutely. And then they kind of tacked on the end with, with the hallway. Yeah, the hallway with Mary with, Margaret with Ruby, Ruby and all yep. that. And to explain how she ended up in the Enchanted Forest again. If you're if you're geeky, look for that back area where the um, the jukebox is, because that's where they hang the. Um, the dartboard. Mm-hmm. So things change in that area really oh, yeah, fun. Yeah. And if you if you want to look at one thing each episode, watch that area. It's always fun. Sometimes they have little machines that you can give to the Kiwanis Club and get stuff. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's not there. So yeah. anyway. All right. I loved seeing Dr. Whale again and the dialogue about his hair was hilarious. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> it was just the highlight of the episode. I think it was really yeah. funny. I could go on for pages, but we'll stop here. I'm feeling a lot of angst over this. Yeah. Thanks for your terrific podcast. It's the best start to my week every week. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you very much, Kathy. And I'll do the first part of Brad's. This is Brad's email for birth. And then we'll change hands midstream. And then I'll give you the other one. Okay. Greetings, Jeff and Colleen. Before you flip any tables over the issues in this episode, (laughs) here's the things I learned this week in birth. Number one. What could be better than having an intimate date night with your wife? Sharing it with your friends, of course. Yep. (laughs) That's always nice. You want to get away and you just can't get away. Number two, Killian Jones can be lead detective in the spinoff series CSI (laughs) Storybrooke. Yeah. Oh, didn't I tell you? (laughs) They're going to do that. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. They they could. Uh, Adam and Eddie are doing some other kind of a... Uh, a horror little thing about uh, a camp, a little sh- uh, short run series. Huh? I don't. I forget the name of it, but okay. that's coming. All right. Number three, every movie expert knows it's always the wayward pupil that turns on you in the end. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is very true. Number four, trusting Zelina to keep her word is like trusting a charming to keep a secret. <laughs> That's that's unfortunately true as well. And Henry comes by that rightly because he yeah. couldn't keep a secret from Emma. So that was pretty. And even Killing made a comment about that. Yeah. T- telling a. Boys yeah. can't keep secrets, yep. which I thought was funny because I was like, no, it's actually girls, teenage girls. But he's a teenage boy. It works. Number five, Mommies with Magic should be a self-help storybook book blog. <laughs> boy, that. Yeah. That, mm, if that was a reality, that definitely would be the thing because, yeah. Oh, very much there's so. There's a niche group out there, probably. Number six, onion rings can reduce the amount of pregnancy time. <laughs> I, I didn't Do you catch know how many it the women would absolutely be like selling? Do you know how many restaurants yeah. that serve onion rings would be selling out of them if pregnancy could be reduced by eating onion rings? 
there'd be no onions left in the world. Seriously. Now, I know that I'm I, I'm probably talking about things that some of you in other countries probably don't know about. But anyway, there's a restaurant in the U.S. in some areas called Ruby's. Mm-hmm. And they have this Ruby's Diner mm-hmm. onion ring, like tower, sta- mm-hmm. tower. And anyway, I just, I mean, that may be where you know pregnant women go to kind of <laughs> speed up things. And I don't. If know. that worked, wow. Yeah. All right, uh, number seven. Snow may be developing a fetish for strangulation. <laughs> Everybody gets choked in this in this show. There's so many people who get snow, choked. Snow gets choked quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. She, Belle, and Charming have all been like choked by vines and things, other things. Belle got choked by um, Ursula. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll highlight the word fetish and then we'll just move on. That's yeah. just number eight. Hook has a very sad taste in jewelry. Mm. Yeah. They all have sad stories. And he didn't even talk about how much some of them cost. Exactly. Number nine, just because you're a zombie doctor doesn't mean you can't deliver babies. <laughs> I st- uh, yeah, right. that's funny. Uh, David Anders, you are a hoot. You are a hoot, sir. Very much so. Number 10, Emma used the old spring-loaded snake trick with the flames of Prometheus. Yeah, true. Ta-da! Yep. I wonder where that was. She probably had it in her pocket. I don't know. The real flame. Yeah. Burning questions. Pardon the pun. Burning questions. It is possible that Hook unknowingly used dark magic to cut off Zelina's cuff. That could be. Is it possible? Not it is. Yeah. Well, it. yeah, what you said. <laughs> and that's probably, mm, yeah, yeah, it could be. I think dark magic kind of overshadows a magical hook. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why is Hook able to control his darkness when he doesn't realize he's a dark one? But as soon as he sees the vision... He immediately turns dark. That's a that's a good question. And I think I know the answer. Okay, Merlin had that darkness in him. Yeah, but Merlin didn't let the darkness out until Arthur controlled him with Excalibur. Okay. So my thinking is that until he knew about it, see, Arthur, Merlin knew about it and had enough light in him that he could fight it off. Hook doesn't even know it's there. He's not. Um, He's not looking to be dark. He's not looking to do anything dark. He doesn't have those impulses. But boy, howdy, the minute he found it out and it made him mad because he didn't have a choice, that's when I think all hell broke loose. And we all know, all of you listening, right, Mm -hmm. that magic really comes from emotion. Absolutely. Passion. Absolutely. So that's probably what what brought it out. That would be my Mm -hmm. answer. When Emma came through the vault, she saw the vision of Rumple right away. Why didn't see Hook? Why didn't Hook see any of the visions in Storybrooke? Is it because he's the first one in a new chain of dark ones? I, that's the only. That's the only pass I would give them. Is this kind of double dark one thing? Maybe it's different. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Uh, what I learned in first thoughts of birth on this on the side, Jeff specializes in relaxation techniques for once upon a time stressfully. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I, I have I have a I have a Black Friday special going on for that. right mm-hmm. now, And even on Saturday, uh, number two, permission was granted. Tweet Adam about your barking dogs. OK, <laughs> 
Uh, number three, Once Upon a Time is so Jerry Springer. It, <laughs> that is. That, yeah. th- absolutely. Uh, number four, the three magic words that Colleen loves to hear are Jeff was wrong, at least in his mind. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And that happens a lot. Number five, an enchanted hook does what it wants. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And loves what it and yeah, finds what it wants. Uh, to be continued. And now it is continued by the lovely, the wondrous Miss Colleen. Okay, so this is from Brad again. It's the Bear King. Welcome to part two, which is not a continuation of my first email, but a completely different one entirely. This email is actually two years after the third season and not two years before. That would make this the first season, which it is not. Two years before that, the show wasn't even on the air. So let's fast forward five years into the future and then one year back, but only five days after this episode premiered. Make sense? Whew. What now? Uh, what now? This rap will help you. Anyway. Well, okay, good. Now onto the things I learned this week in the episode, The Bear King. Number one, unless you want to learn sign language, don't ever disrespect a man's daughter. True. Mm Mm-hmm. Number two, there's nothing more stressful than a witch with an IOU. Oh, that was funny. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Number three, when all else fails, there's always squid ink. Isn't that funny how that always magically just appears out of nowhere? And and no one used the conch shell to call the squid, you know. Yeah. 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 Number four, after picking a fight with Mulan is the perfect time to do your impression of Luke Skywalker losing his hand. Yeah. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Number five. Someone needs to sew those Klansmen some shirts. I'm going to respectfully disagree. <laughs> Just saying because, you know, Macintosh with the blue stripes on his arm and the dark curly hair and the chest hair and the six pack. Yeah, I'm OK with that. I'm totally good. He does not need a shirt. Every time it's I, all good. Every time I played basketball, the girls never were on the skins team. And that's kind of sad. Hmm. Okay. Let's move on. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, when an attractive werewolf pounces on you, you can take solace in the fact that at least you'll die happy. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff would. I mean, that was was such a great moment when this this smiling, lovely face. Hi, I'm Ruby. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Uh, Number seven, dudes. Old Tiny's probably been... Trapped in a maze of bean fields right about now. <laughs> I mean, oh, for the love! We did a couple. We did have a couple of mentions of old uh, characters that we haven't seen for a while: Hansel and Gretel, yeah, and Tiny. So. Yeah, but what was nice. amazing to me is Tiny and Ruby grew one bean that whole time. Well, they were afraid of Zelina. There was something. Bean. And yeah. wait, 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 wait. More importantly, they didn't offer anybody else to join in the trip. Really? Right. Ruby was that selfish. She had to escape by herself. Nobody else gets to go with her. Yeah. That was a little bit. Anyway. Maybe Archie was helping him. I'm guessing Maybe Marco Ar- was helping him. I'm guessing they all took August off of out there. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number eight. Never play 20 questions with Mulan. No. She doesn't <laughs> like questions. Yeah. <laughs> She does not. Number nine, eating your boyfriend disqualifies you from giving dating advice. That is for sure. Yeah. No yeah. question. 
Number 10, with the right kind of ale, you can talk to the dead. You know, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to all kinds of things with the right with, kind of ale. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. dead people, anything. <clears throat> all right, observations. Uh, I really wish they would have shown us the scene with Ruby and Snow a while back instead of trying to make up for it after the fact. I thought the exact same thing well, while we were, were watching it again. Supposedly they were good friends, you know, and it right. just all of a sudden they're like, oh, you're you're my good friend, so goodbye. Well, and they never even mentioned that's what's going on. They didn't right. mention that she was there. So anyway, at least they realized they needed to give us some type of explanation instead of pretending she's been there the whole time, as they've done with many, many times with other characters. Yeah. Totally agree. I can't go gather eggs with you anymore. I have to leave. Yeah. Wow. All right. What I learned in First Thoughts of the Bear King. This is Brad's uh, five things that he's learned. Number one, a parody inspired by, inspired by Colleen's rant called Two Years From What should be created and sent to Adam and Eddie. I, you know, I think that one, we can check that one off the list. <laughs> Brad did it. Man, did a he wonderful did. job. He did. Oh, my gosh. Number two, Jeff likes to rename the episodes with his own subtitles. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Number three. <laughs> I'm going to try and read this without laughing, but I don't think I can. <laughs> Colleen is getting really tired of the ding-dang flashbacks, flash-forwards, flash-drives, and flash-dancing. <laughs> oh, flash-dancing. That's wonderful. <laughs> wow. Oh, what a awesome. feeling. <laughs> keep, keep believing. <laughs> yeah. Number four, calling a helmet a helm is stupid. Well... Amen. I, okay. Preach it. Right. OMG. That drove me nuts. And by the way, there was one slip up from Merida. She mm. actually called it a helmet. Right. One time. Every other time, every other character referred to it as the helm. But she's the one who called it the helmet, which is what it is. Okay. <sighs> you all right? I'm good. I'm good. Number five, Rip Van Winkle does karaoke. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, my gosh. All right. That's all for this week. Sending you both big love and wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. See you in two weeks. Ta-ta, Brad. And yes, you are right. We all do have so much to be thankful for. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Brad, for that. Yes. This is from Trace, and I am apologize ahead of time if I mispronounce words. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Hope it's not too late. What a crazy, busy week. Nah, you're just fine. That's good. We took a whole week off. So we did. It was perfect. I went into the episodes knowing these were separate episodes back to back, so it wasn't so bad of a transition for me. Uh, well, that's that's good. It was rough for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can see how that would throw you off when the second one got underway. The ADD in me just loved these episodes. Here, there, and everywhere. So many shiny things to distract and keep my crazy brain busy. These are definitely ones to rewatch and take it all in. Birth, yes. The Bear King, no. Not, not yeah. for me. Yeah. Even though I had Ruby. We just fast forward to Ruby and then nah, I'm fine. Fast forward? Fast forward. <laughs> okay. See, I think there would be less negative fandom if these episodes weren't back to back. Okay, and if they could keep track of the time a bit better, I actually like them. <laughs> I actually like them both a lot. I know, really. Yes, there were a lot of head scratchers, but I still like them anyway. Being right does feel good, Colleen. Here are my thoughts on birth. I knew Emma was up to something. 
just didn't know what it was and never imagined this at all. I saw the screenshot of Hook's name on the sword too, Jeff, but didn't know what the heck it meant. Okay, honestly, though, if all it takes to not be the dark one is to forget that you are one, then problem solved. Really? Regina could have just wiped Emma's memories of ever sacrificing herself to be the dark one as soon as they got to Camelot. Find a way to get home and done. Too easy. I honestly am still trying to figure out the whole tethered to the sword rules and the dark one rules. Was Merlin a dark one when he got tethered? How come he didn't rise up out of the vault? <coughs> I have an ah, answer. That's a great. That's a great point. Nope, I'll tell you why. Okay. Because Merlin didn't die when he got tethered to the to Excalibur. Fair enough. Okay. Hook right. died. Yeah. Literally died. And when she was tethering him, he ended up down in the dark one vault and rose up through the through the vault. Like go oh, like Rumpelstiltskin. Like Rumpelstiltskin did, did yeah. and he came back from the yeah. dead. Remember? And I think that's Neil, the only reason why Neil the same. Neil was in there. He was already in there. Okay. All right. Right. Yep. And you know, it's funny. All this information that we remember when this series is over is not going to get us a million dollars. We'll just we'll just ruin little kids' fairy tale stories. Yeah. And Rumpelstiltskin's like, oh, that, no, that's wrong. Rumpelstiltskin's powerful. Are you he's kidding awesome, me? Yeah. Just, he, yeah. It's not he's about not the name. Troll. He's not a little You don't imp. know. Yeah, you don't no, know Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Snow White can fight with a sword. Oh, On no, a bow and arrow, too, that. man. She's the badass of the bow We're going to ruin all kind of kids' uh, stories. Yeah. All right. And uh, I will continue, Trey. Sorry. And her, I always inter- interrupt Trace's emails. I know. And her not being able to give up the darkness because she didn't want to move in with Hook. Didn't want didn't want to move in with Hook. I know it's the commitment. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. But I still think it was lame, lame, lame to quote another Disney villain. Wow, Hook! Didn't you didn't take you long to turn dark? That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a valid point there. Yep. One second you do anything for Emma, the next second you join Zelina and go dark. Amazing will, amazing willpower there, sir. I want to punch him in this way to that sexy face. In his way to sexy face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I agree with you. (laughs) All right. So then again, being turned into the thing you hate most after you beg to be let go would tick me off too. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I would have done the same thing though. Watching another true love die in my arms. Ugh. Too much. Yep. Yep. And what spell was that she did with the sword? A protection spell? Uh, did she give them their memories back? She's talking about um, uh, Regina Snow and uh, Charming outside, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a protection spell? Was it a memory spell? It was a freezing spell to keep them from coming inside mm. to prevent her from uh, messing with Zelina. Right, Adam and Eddie? Right? Okay. Yep. Yep. I love the magic fight and even more than even more that she got Merlin to fight the darkness as he helped her. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. And cuz we've yep. seen we've seen things take two people and two types of magic too. Who has to pay for the magic she used to save Hook? Is the fury on the way? Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah, cuz we've seen them before. Yes, we have. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. 
Okay, off my soapbox because I did like the episode, just had a lot of hmms. Mm -hmm. Arthur is just annoying now. He's such a big baby. <laughs> I know it's wrong, but I can't wait for Lancelot to show up and plant one on Guinevere and break that pink eye spell. <laughs> she deserves better. Zelina is comic wicked goodness. <laughs> Amen. Is. And yes, yep. she's worth being back just for how snarky she is. I groaned out loud, though, with the accelerated baby story, though. I'm glad we don't have a whole season of her pregnancy. Yeah, it's yep. a, that's a valid point. Because yep. otherwise it's like, oh, man, nine months. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they're really, their toolbox is just full of all these little tricks. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then, and then you know, big like baby Neil. What? What the heck? Yeah. Where's baby Neil? He's with Granny all the time. I mean, all the time. So we got two babies now. Yeah. And you know what I mean. So that yeah, baby's yeah. going to be with Granny all the yeah, time. Yeah. So it's just. But you watch. They're going to accelerate their their growth at some point. Okay. They're going to they're going to fast forward it somehow to five years from now or whatever. But it's it. And then it'll be two years life, back, yeah. and then it'll be three years forward, and then it'll be six years back, and then mm -hmm. it'll be yeah. <clears throat> all right. Uh, all right. I'm glad. Okay. Uh, she seemed happier being evil and not in a hurry. I mean, I would have had, I would have poofed back to my baby the minute I was free. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. That was a little odd because Robin has the little baby girl now. Yeah. So we don't know what they named the little girl. It'll be interesting to see how they announce that. Well, I thought that they were going to off Zelina and then name the baby Zelina. That's what I thought. Oh. As a, you know. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. But anyway. Things that make me go, hmm, I already jumped down off my soapbox, so no more hooms for today. Well, <laughs> you could throw in a few more if you want. Oh, that's funny. Big love oncers. Take the week off to rewatch everyone to watch them as two completely separate episodes. I, I agree. And I think some of the angst will soften. It was a great episode as a standalone, and season one did all this the time, and we loved it. Did true. this all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, because they. It's true. They had the the genie one in between everything else, and yeah, okay. Uh, talk to you all next week about the bear and the bow and the trio of feminine greatness. Go Morida. Molrida. Yep. Molrida. Yes. Mulan Merida. Which is actually funny because I think it's really now Mulan Ruby. Yeah. Mubi. Yep. It's Mubi. Okay. Or Rulan. Well, Mulan's got great taste and hey, I'm not going to argue with her. I'm going to go with Mubi. Okay. That sounds naughty and fun and mm -hmm. I like it. Yep. But kids, be careful saying that around your parents. Yeah. Okay. That is from Trace. Thank you, Trace. Thank you. So much for that. I didn't get the other one so I couldn't include it. So um, we'll fit it in somewhere yeah. somehow. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. We have two voicemails, so we will play them now. Here is the first one. Almost. Hi, this is Tyler calling from uh, Seattle area. And just wanted to leave some thoughts on both of the episodes we got this week. Uh, firstly, I was also a little surprised that they weren't two 
tied together episodes in the way that the spell of shattered sight was last year um you know by airing them both back to back you would think they would have had a little bit more to do with each other but aside from that um I'm going to try to split this up into two voicemails, one for Birth and one for the Bear King. We will see how that goes. Uh, for Birth, some thoughts that I had while watching. Does Arthur actually have his memories from Camelot and he's faking it? Because he seems to know a lot more than anybody else does. Uh, friend. That part was real. Um, then the title card seemed like it was hinting at a dark one. If you look at that image closely, it looks like it's that gooey substance making another dark one. So that kind of gave it away. Um, Emma's speech pattern and tone, um, it seems like even when she was in Camelot, it's like a deeper uh, tone of voice than she had in seasons one through four. Could that be because of the dark one Operation Light Swan. Big question here. Why isn't August, who is basically like a big brother to Emma, a part of Operation Light Swan? Like, really? Uh, Liam's ring being the one that Hook gave to Emma. I totally called that. Uh, that knockout kiss when Emma knocked out Hook. I wonder if she friends with Peggy Carter, because uh, Carter's the only other person I know with that brand of lipstick. Um, and poor Dr. Whale. I mean, his comeback scene was great, but, you know, all he was hoping for was that he wouldn't get thrown across the room again this time, and what does Emma do? First thing she does, throws him across the room. Um, huge quibble here, though. When you watch uh, Hook going after Arthur after he's freed himself, that sword never actually made contact with Hook. How did Hook get that cut? It, Hook completely dodged it. There's no, no no explanation on screen for how he actually got hit. Um, regarding both Emma's plan for getting rid of the darkness and saving Hook in general, I am Team Emma. And then here's another big quibble. If Hook really is a dark one... How come he doesn't have a former dark? So. Oh, it cut are, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, he was going to split it into two. Yeah, anyway. I know. So, yeah, I think you're right. The Definitely the voice pattern of Emma is, mm-hmm. is dark ones-ish. So yeah. that's definitely... I mean, all the dark ones have had different speech patterns and uh, vocal tones when they are the dark one. Mm -hmm. Rumples tends to be more lyrical and whimsical and childlike, whereas uh, even Nimue had a a deeper, more uh, kind of a, you know, thing. Zoso even had a different voice when he was Zoso, the dark one, versus when he was... You know, just a regular guy. And I do, I, I do agree that the title card did show it yeah. looked like a new dark one is being born. So which birth? Which yeah. of course, yeah, and which of course we would have thought and assumed that was you know how Emma is you know, mm-hmm. and we it didn't it didn't 
again, we all miss that huge clue. So. Yeah, and yeah, there, there was a lot of twists and turns. You know, poor Doctor Whale, he did get uh, knocked <laughs> around. The, the only thing is, Hook did mention that he got nicked, and yeah. I, I understand. I understand what you're saying is that. It didn't seem close to me, but I think the only way they really covered it is Hooks had said, I, it nicked me, but I'm okay. Right, so, right. And that reminded me, I didn't have a chance to, to mention uh, some of the connections, but that reminded me of Charming on Neverland yeah. that got kind of grazed with that grazed arrow. Grazed the arrow, yeah. Which had devastating um, uh, situation yeah. from that mm-hmm. and yeah. also robin holding the baby with the sword going to defend the mm-hmm. baby reminded me of charming in season in the in the pilot well actually. in the pilot but also um when uh, when they were after neil when yeah. selena was after neil yeah baby neil when he was born and uh one more thing is that i don't think it was in the room but there was a, a discussion that regina and snow were having in front of towels on some shelves that reminded me of uh, the the uh, the final episode of season one of the yeah, land yeah. without magic. Yeah, when Regina and Emma had their clash in that little uh, closet area. So it's out in the hallway. But yeah, yeah. So there, anyway, there's a lot of connections. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. okay, I will play the second email. Here we go. Hey, it's Tyler again. Um, to continue that last thought, um, basically. If Hook really is a dark one, why doesn't he have visions of former dark ones in his head uh, the same way that Emma does? Um, I That is a huge thing that I can't figure out how they're going to justify that. Um, but I'm very curious because if Emma's seeing Rumpel, how come Hook isn't? Um, you would think that they both would be. Now, on to the Bear King, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, didn't have as many quibble things, more just kind of funny thoughts. Um, the very first note I have here is that Amy Mason is probably one of the best casting choices they've had in the show. Um, as the next thing I write is, why does Eleanor look like she's only a few years older than Meridor? WTF. Her mom shouldn't look like she's like, you know, just a few years older. She should look much more aged. So that was interesting. Um, Mulan's intro when um, Merida and Mulan first meet is perfect. Um, and then hashtag Ruby Watch. Um, uh, but it was interesting when Mulan uh, was looking at the wolf and had that kind of look on her face. It almost looked like she was looking at an old friend, but they'd never met. Uh, and also, when Ruby was on top of Mulan as the wolf, uh, it reminded me of The Lion King with Simba and Nala. Pindia. Um, next note. Arthur keeps giving more and more reasons to hate his guts. Uh, and the next note. Uh, Merida might be the best leader we have in the show because it seems like she's a great warrior and an excellent leader who actually inspires her followers that normally, like, didn't even like her. So it's interesting there. The witch was hilarious. Um, the scene with Fergus and Merida at the end, oh my goodness, that, that was a very emotional scene. Um, and then 
something I'm curious about. Do you think that if Mulan and Ruby knew about Emma, they would have tried to help? Um, like, do you think they would have returned to Storybrooke with everyone else? Because I kind of wish they had. I, uh, I miss Ruby being in the show as a regular so much. And then my last note is, never piss off a woman, especially not a redhead. You'll regret it. Oh, Arthur's going to have something else coming to him later. So that is my thoughts on both episodes. Um, keep up you guys' great work. I know that these were... Thank you much oh, thanks, for Tyler. that. It got cut off again, but yep. all right. We, so, we get the gist. Yeah, so great thoughts. And the we had the same question about why didn't Hook see... Really, why didn't Hook have all these things that a dark one would have the visions i would think because he didn't have his memories but once he saw them they come back do you know what i mean yeah yeah never never uh piss off a redhead Uh, i have uh i have admiration and fear really of redheads and so Mm. i understand that and it's interesting question will uh should Ruby and Mulan have returned to help Emma. That's a valid question, but I think... Who's to say they won't? Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, and the witch was great, so I think I think we're on the same page. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, a lot of things that we definitely agreed on. So thank you so much for those voicemails. Mm-hmm. And one more thing is I want to talk about before we end the show is we do have an official travel agent. Mm-hmm. Her name is Jeannie. And this is not a joke. She is my mother-in-law. <laughs> That's and true. she has 50 plus years of travel experience. Mm-hmm. And we've never really mentioned it much, but since the hiatus is coming up pretty quick... If you're going to be booking some travel, we really would appreciate that you would go through her. You can book things online. There are certain things that that only a travel agent that has been in the business a long time can tell you more than Googling something. So uh, we have a link and the information there. The link is onceuponatimepodcast.com slash travel agent. So please go there. And if you're booking travel, please go through Jeannie, mm-hmm. our official Once Upon a Time fan podcast travel agent. Yep. Okay. She's awesome. She is awesome. And there's a phone number there that you can reach her and she will, she's got all the setup and she can book your travel and give you mm-hmm. uh, help and guidance as far as any questions that you have. So please use that. And until next time, we want to send out big love to all of you again we hope you had a wonderful thanksgiving time if you celebrated thanksgiving if not we ha- we hope you had a wonderful week off <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever you were doing we hope it was great and we're coming up to the holidays so please go to once upon a time podcast.com slash support and you can get our Amazon link there to shop on Amazon, and we get a small percentage. We appreciate that. We send big love out to everybody. Big love is so big that you cannot keep it all to yourself. Mm-hmm. Take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else, and especially this time of year, that's very, very important. It will make you feel good and the person that you pass it on to as well. So whatever that means, that's what you should do. So I think that's it. Yep. 
I and think so. Lady Squeaky Toys in the other room, so <laughs> she waves goodbye. And until tomorrow, we record First Thoughts. This is Jeff and Colleen saying bye-bye. See you later. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.